Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now we've been studying. Uh, we started on Wednesday. We started talking about what? Paul's prayers for the believers. Paul's prayers for the believer. How many of you were here on Wednesday? Let's, let's do some quick catch up. What did we say? That there was a difference between what? The Old Testament and New Testament type of prayers. Are we right? Come on, if you were here, tell me. Are we right? That there was a way to pray in the Old Testament and there was also a way to pray what? In the New Testament. And we established that the New Testament did not start until Jesus died. Did we establish that? And therefore, we're able to see from the scriptures that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the New Testament. Did we establish that? All right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospel account of Jesus. They're not the New Testament. Because a testament cannot start until the testator is dead. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we read Hebrews, all right? We read Hebrews to prove that, that until a man dies, his will does not come into effect, okay? We, we read um, Hebrews chapter 9. Let's read that because some of you are looking at me strange already. That's why you should be in church on Wednesday. Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 15. Hebrews nine fifteen. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant. Pay attention to that word, the new covenant. So that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant... Those who have been called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. Verse 17. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. For it is never in force. Observe that word. It's never in force while the one who made it lives. That means the New Testament could not have been enforced while Jesus was alive. Now, the reason I said that is because some prayers in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John still fall as prayers under the law. So the fact that it was prayed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John does not necessarily make it a New Testament prayer. Are you still here? Until Jesus died, the new covenant was not in force. So, when we found out what are prayers that are made under the new covenant, then we talk about the prayers of Paul. The prayers made in the epistles. And so we talked about the first prayer of Paul in um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. We dealt with that. And we said that prayers need to be taught. We said prayers need to be what? To be taught. Because the disciple says, teach us to pray just as what? 
just as John taught his disciples to pray. So many times we learn prayer by observation, not by learning. So we go to a place, we see the way people are praying, and we start praying that way. So we're really not taught um, how to pray. So when we read the epistles, there are actually about four prayers that Paul prayed for the, for the saints or for the believer that we should pray today. Now we talked about Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, right? The three things that Paul prayed. Look at your notes, tell me what are the three things that Paul prayed if you were here on Wednesday. Number one, I didn't hear you. Spirit of wisdom, number two. Yeah, not just the spirit of revelation. He prayed the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of who? Him. If you were here on Wednesday, be bold. Did you write? <laughs> Alright. He prayed for what? The spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him. We said that word knowledge is what? Epignosis. What does it mean? Accurate knowledge. Precise knowledge. It says, I want your eyes to be open to know exactly who God is. Alright, number three. That the eyes of our understanding might be what? Enlightened. That word is word for teaser, flooded with lights. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Okay? Those are the three things pray. So that what will happen? What are the three things we'll know as a result of that? Number one, what is the hope of his calling? Number two, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Number three, the boundless greatness of his power towards us who do what? Believe. Praise God. And this is what Paul wants us to pray all the time. The spirit of wisdom, a revelation in the knowledge of him. And at the eyes of our understanding, we'll be enlightened, we'll be flooded with light. Now you realize something, and, and as we go studying the prayers of Paul, you realize that all the prayers of Paul were prayers of awareness, were prayers of knowledge. It, it, it's, 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 it's geared towards the believer knowing who he is, knowing what you have. The believer is not the victim in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. And we said we ought, we ought to approach God as what? Oh, I didn't hear you. We ought to approach God as what? Father. That that's the greatest name God wants to be called. You know, we have all these wonderful titles for God. But He wants us to approach Him as what? Father. Because when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, what did He say? Our Father. Which means the Father belongs to who? To both of us. And that's how God wants us to approach. Praise God. Alright. Now, let's go to his second prayer. He prayed again for the church in Ephesus. The saints in Ephesus. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Now we're going to do a bit of background study to this to help you. Why we should pray this prayer. Verse 14. So he prays again. Paul prays again. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. Thank you Lord. It says, let's start reading from verse 14. It says, for this reason. Now we're going to find out why he said for this reason. Which reason? Okay? So we're going to actually go back to chapter 2. But I'll tell you now. For this reason, I buy my knees before the Father. Pay attention. I bow my knees. Verse 14. Guy, where are you? Okay. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Pay attention to that again. Pay attention to how Paul insert the word Father. And we're going to see why he did that. Okay? For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. Okay? That he would grant you, he would grant you 
according to the riches of his glory. Pay attention to that phrase because we're going to find out what is the riches of his glory. According to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Now, if you use the King James Version, it says, may you be strengthened with might in the inner man. Now, that word might uh, is translated or uh, might in the King James Version is actually power because the Greek word used here is dunamis. Miracle working ability. Okay? That's the word used. So, power through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, height and depth and to know now, the word know here is a different word. It's to come to full realization and understanding. Okay? Now, um, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the word flooded with light and understanding there, uh, knowledge there was epignosis, which means accurate knowledge. Okay? Accurate knowledge. That's, you know exactly. The word know here is Ginosko. It means to, uh, to come to the knowledge of. It's not so much as accuracy as much as it's you're getting more aware. You, you, you are getting to know more like progressive knowledge. Are you following that? Come on, are you following this? And there is a reason he uses this word because he's talking about the height, the length, the depth, the breadth. It's not something you can catch all, I mean, all at once. You progressively come into this knowledge okay to know the love of christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of god now to him who is able to do exceedingly far abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us now this is the challenge as christians we like ephesians 3:20. we like to quote ephesians 3:20. You know, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Yeah, but there's a power that works in you. Ephesians 20 cannot come except there's Ephesians 19. Ephesians 19 cannot come except there's Ephesians what? 18. So, so it, you see, these things are in context. You don't just copy and paste. You don't just choose. Now, let's, let's begin to unpack this gradually. Let's go back again to the prayer. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. What reason? He uses this word for this reason twice. The first time he uses it is in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1. Go to Ephesians 3 1. He says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, thank you, for the sake of you Gentiles. So he uses the word for this reason. Now, pay attention to this. Pay very close attention. In chapter 3 verse 1, he uses the word for this reason. So he goes on to say, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. Then he comes to verse 14, he now says, for this reason. Now, if we don't find out that reason, we will not understand the prayer. Are you following this? If I say, for this reason I came late to church. What do you think? Why do you think I came late? Somebody say, for this reason. Come and talk to me, church. Why do you think I came late? Eh? You don't have any idea. But I said for this reason I came late. So what's the reason? 
You don't know. Okay, so we have to find out why Paul said for this reason. So that means we have to go to chapter 2. Okay, so let's go to chapter 2. So let's start reading from verse... I would have said let's start reading from verse 1, but I won't be able to finish the message. So in chapter 2, verse 1, remember, in chapter 1, 15 to 19, Paul had prayed a prayer. In chapter 2, Paul builds the theology of the fact that we were dead in trespasses and sin, and God had raised us up. So he starts talking about that from chapter 2, verse 1, up until verse 15. Now, in verse 14, verse uh, 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups, observe that word groups, both groups, into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. By abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandment, containing ordinances, so that he himself might take, make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. Okay? By it, having put to death enmity. Pay attention from verse 17 now. And he came... And preach peace to you who were far away. Notice the word he uses, far off and far away. So he's talking about two groups of people. Some people were near, some were far off. Those who were near were the Jews who had the law. We the Gentiles were far off. So Paul is addressing something about those who are far off and those who are near. Okay, so he says, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off. And peace to those who are near, the Jews. For through him, now start paying attention to this. We, who are the we there? I didn't hear you. Both Jews and Gentiles. Perfect. We both have our access in one spirit to who? Pay attention, pay attention to that now. So Paul says, because of the death of Jesus, we, Jews and Gentiles, have access to what? Observe, he didn't say God. Say Father. Okay? So then, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but a fellow citizen with the saints, and are of God's what? Household. What other word can we use for household? Family. Perfect. So we can replace that with family. Okay? Now, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, is, pay attention because this gives us why Paul prayed that prayer, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. So now, we that are far off have been brought near, we now have access to the Father, but we are growing into a holy temple. Some translation says we are growing into a holy habitation. Okay. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing to the holy temple to the Lord. In whom you also have been built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. For this reason. So, what reason was Paul. Okay, so let's read, let's read it. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Then he goes on to talk about the dispensation of grace given to him. So what is the reason that Paul was having this conversation? It's because he was preaching to the Gentiles and he needed to make them understand that you're no longer far off. You are now one 
with the family of God. You now have access to God. Are, are you saying? Are you following this now? So he says, for this reason. Then he breaks it up again and he starts talking about the dispensation of grace that is given to him. Let's look at quickly verse. Let's just read. There's no need to hurry. If I don't finish, you go home. If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery. As I wrote before in brief, by referring to this, pay attention. When you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his only apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Let me tell you this. What has been revealed to apostles and prophets is not a mystery that should confuse you. You know, I posted a message of... I posted a message of uh, the, the first part, and, and somebody, you know, social media is funny, and somebody wrote back to me. Uh, when I talked about uh, a believer saying, I prayed, I prayed this number of hours in someone, and I was attacked, and I prayed again, and I was attacked, and I prayed again, and I was attacked. He now said, that He likes my teaching, but I should not be talking about areas that I don't know, that there are jurisdictions in the spirit I have. I said, Thank you, sir. After reading Paul's prayer. <laughs> you see, <laughs> Christianity is not supposed to confuse you. Look at what Paul says. He says, This mystery was not made known in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. He talks about the mystery. What is the mystery? Look at this, verse 6. To be specific. To be specific. That the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That is the mystery. There is nothing more difficult in, in Christianity than to understand that we have the same right that the Jews have. We have the same right in Christ. This is what God has been trying to show from Genesis up until the book of Acts. Are you following this? This is the mystery. Now go on. It says, Of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. Look at this, pay attention to this. Preach to the Gentiles. The word? Unfathomable what? Riches of Christ. Pay attention. Those phrases are very important. The riches of Christ. We're going to look at that. It says, what is the unfathomable riches of Christ? Salvation. That we can have access to the Father. You see, we don't consider this thing as riches. We don't, we don't you know, the way the saints of old valued it. The way uh, believers, you know, the scripture talks about the salvation that the prophets and the angels were looking into. You see, we've got to have a, a reawakening of what salvation is to the believer? Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. It says, and to bring to light. What is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things? So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom, verse 12, we have what? I didn't hear that. We have what? Boldness and what? 
No, not, not just confidence. We have something. Confident what? Did you remember what he said in chapter 2, verse 18? Remember that? That we have what? Access in one spirit to what? The Father. So Paul repeats that again because he wants to get into the prayer. So he says, In whom we have boldness and covenant access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. So Paul says, listen, this is the beautiful thing that Jesus has accomplished for us. We have now access to God. I, I want you to have faith. I want you to have boldness to access the Father. Then, I don't want you to lose heart. Don't be faint because of what I'm going through right now. Because it is for your glory. Which, what I was trying to say is, what I'm going through right now gives me the privilege to preach the gospel. I am in prison because I'm preaching to you. I'm going through all of this because I'm sharing this grace with you. Are you following? So two reasons Paul prays this prayer. Number one, he prays this prayer so that they would have an understanding of the fact that they now have access to the Father. And number two, for their hearts not to be broken because of what he's going through. And that's why we need to pray this prayer for ourselves today. Because we've got, uh, we need to have a stronger revelation of what Jesus has done for us. And number two, so that whatever we go through in life, it doesn't touch our spirit. It doesn't touch our inner man. You know, today people go through some stuff and then they stop coming to church. Or something happens, then they stop praying. Just go through a little stuff. No, but we need to pray this prayer. So that our heart is strengthened with might. Our inner man is strengthened. We don't, we don't cower under persecution. Praise God. Okay, now let's go to the prayer. For this reason. So you know the reason now. I bow my knees before the Father. He uses the word Father because in chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, he has told them that we have access to the Father. Alright? From, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. Now, why did he use this word? Because in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, if you can turn there. Ephesians um, 1, 5 and 6. It says, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. So he was using the title Father because we are now sons. According to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Go to Ephesians 5.1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So Paul says, listen. The whole family in heaven and on earth, those that have gone before us and those right here, I'm praying to the Father of us all. That means that the family is connected. It's one big family. Praise God. And Paul starts to shape his prayer like that. So, and you've got to understand this, right? Because most times when we're taught about prayer, we're taught, we're taught more like, you know, there's, there's God in heaven. He's seated on a throne. Jesus is at his right hand. I don't know who is at his left. But you just understand that when the scripture means the right hand of God, it just means the place of authority or the place of power. God doesn't have a physical shape. So God does not have right and left hand. Right hand is just a phrase in the scriptures to mean the place of authority or the seat of power. It's a place of legislation. If, if I say, for instance, uh, why am I forgetting your name now? Brendan. I say, Brendan is my right-hand man. What do I mean? Talk to me, church. Come on now. Huh? It's my close guy, right? He can, he's my right-hand man. Do, does he mean that every time? Brendan, come. 
Come quickly, come quickly. Alright? If I say, hey, this guy is my right hand man, does it mean that everywhere I'm going, he is with me in my right hand? Is that what it means? So when you say Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, does it mean that Jesus is just seated? He said, don't go to the left, to the, the right is your position. You know, the way we interpret scriptures is funny. Thank you, Brendan. It just means a state of authority. Because that's where we have the concept, Jesus is at the right hand, then the devil is at the left. So, you know, the devil is whispering to Jesus, I want to kill him. I want to kill him. Jesus said, Father, no, no. Uh, he did not see yesterday. He said, hey, okay. The devil, tell me, what are your presents? Uh, uh, I think I should kill him. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, hey, what do you have to say? The devil wants to kill him. Should I allow him to kill him? No, Jesus... <laughs> joke. Okay, where, where was I? Go, go to the prayer again. That's why you should pray Paul's prayer. So your eyes of understanding will be flooded with light. Don't come to God. I, I mean, and you have people t- teach that, especially with Daniel. Say, oh, and the prince of Pesha held the prayer. Then Michael had to be sent to rescue. And then they say that. And they say, you know, my prayers are not going above the ceiling. Where were they traveling to? God lives in you. You are now the temple of the living God. He is your father. I said he is your father. He lives in you. He dwells in you. There is no God, Satan, and you. That when you pray, you know, Satan now held the prayer. Are you Daniel? You're not Daniel? Daniel was not a son of God. Jesus did not die for Daniel. Jesus died for you. To give you access. So the Lord says in the book of Hebrews, come boldly to the throne of grace. That's why if there's any program titled, we are going to storm the gates of heaven, don't go to those programs because those are for rebels. Don't stay at the gates. You have access to your Father. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Somebody say amen. Amen. Don't stay at the gate say, we want to bombard heaven today. No, 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 no. That's an activist mentality. Don't bombard anywhere. The Father lives in you. The greater one is on the inside of you. you. When you pray according to the will of God, you have confidence and boldness that God has heard your prayer. Don't pray and say, Father, I hope you hear. No, He hears our prayer. We are the sons of God. We are adopted. We are the beloved. He, Jesus went through everything He went through to make us sons. Praise God. Well, let's just study. Shouldn't get that happy early. So he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is, derives his name. Not every, so listen to this, pay attention to this. God created everybody on earth, but not everybody is his son. God is not father to everybody. Hello? God is creator of everybody, but he is not what? Father. He is only father to his sons. Praise God. I can, I can say, I'm a pastor to everybody in the church, but not everybody is my spiritual son or daughter. Because I can preach to you, but if you're my spiritual son or daughter, then I should know what's going on with you. I should be able to cancel you. I should be able to rebuke you. I should be able to correct you. So that's, that, that's the difference. So God is creator. But, but he doesn't refer to God as creator. And I need you to understand something. Every time Paul would talk about the Pauline prayer, observe the emphasis on fatherhood and family. Observe that emphasis. Observe the approach to God as Father. It changes everything. It changes confidence when you pray. It changes your approach. Hallelujah. 
And I've told you, it's not about, you know, people say, give God praise. Praise Him. Give Him what, what He cannot give Himself. Don't be saying those things. Don't be saying those. Don't say it. There's nothing God cannot give to Himself. He's sovereign. He said, give God praise. Praise He cannot give to Himself. Don't be saying that. You see, we have this trial and error method with God. That's why you hear people say, if prayer does not work, try praise. God cannot reject praise. And then you see some people, that's what I always tell sometimes when my people come and sing, just sing, don't try to preach. You see some people say, um, when you pray, God sends angels. When you praise, God comes down himself. <sighs> see, that's deep. You say, mm, that's deep. What does that mean? That when you pray, God sends angel. Then when you praise, God comes down himself. What, what does that even mean? So as we are praying now, God says, angel, go. They never praise. <laughs> then when we start praising, say, angel, come back. It's my turn to go. I mean, how do, what, 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 what does that mean? Why, do we, why are we like this? What does that mean? So when you are used to those kind of teachings, your life is never straightforward as a Christian. You pray and pray, pray and pray. Maybe the angel is slow. It's only a try praise. You, your praise is not because you want to praise God. It's because you want to get him to stand up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your motive is already wrong. Huh? They say, try, try, try. Give, call him names. Oh, father, firefighter, firefighter. <laughs> you know, you say, call him in your local language. Then you now enter. <laughs> and then it's good. You know, before you know, you are now praising God. He will say things that you should not say. Oh, the one that fetches fire will do basket and basket will not go. Uh, the one that eats onion and onion will not make him. I mean, you just start saying no man out. And you know, your flesh is getting excited. Your flesh is getting excited. You are feeling like mm, God is. He has, he has started standing up. He said, "Pray more, praise more, praise more." Then we say, "Lie down, lie down. Don't stand up and talk to God." Are you his mate? Say, "No, I'm not. Ah, I'm not his mate." <laughs> you know, everything is just emotional. You see, you can lie down, roll on the floor, call all the names you want to call, and your heart is not right. Those things can easily be faked. God sees your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know what God wants you to call him? Father. Jesus died on the cross so you can say that word with your mouth. So you can say, my father. Praise God. You know, many times I pray for people. <laughs> and then when they come and share testimonies, they'll just say, Pastor did not pray so long. You know, you've heard, I've heard people say that all the time. So, oh, Pastor, you know, the prayer was not long. Because to us, a prayer that is, that we move God, hmm? speed must fly. See, that's why we move God. No, his father. Do you realize that your children, you can be with visitors, your children can run up to you and whisper something in your ear. Let me just, let me give an example. It shouldn't happen, but let me give an example. Let's say you're watching something on, 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 with, with adults. Let me just, like I said, it shouldn't happen, but let me just give an example. And your little child comes up to your neck and whispers in your ear, Daddy, I want to watch cartoon. Do you know that that whisper has the ability to change that TV channel? What will you do? Some of you will say, oh, well, excuse me, please, the child wants to, and then you would change that TV channel. The child did not need to shout. 
What gave the child that power is relationship. I'm not saying we shouldn't shout when we pray, but I hope you get what I'm trying to say. The power is in the fact that we are now sons of God. The power is in the fact that God is our Father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's like, now imagine your, 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 your friend's child, maybe the one that is very stubborn. You know, your, your, children, your friend can have many children. They have the ones that are very stubborn. You've been looking for a way to punish that child, but God has not given you a door, has not opened a door of punishment to you. Hmm? Then let's say that child now mistakenly crawls to you and say, I want to watch cartoon. If you are not born again, say cartoon kill you dead. <laughs> if, if your salvation has not come to, you have not paid for premium package, say cartoon kill you. Maybe get out. Now, your child and that child asks for the same thing. That child's voice may be louder. That child may even cry. And you say that cry, you will cry, but cartoon. In fact, the more he cries, you are still making noise. You will not. In fact, till next year, you are not watching cartoon. You see, what, what answer that prayer was relationship? What answers your prayer is relationship? It's not your seed. Say, give God a dangerous seed that he cannot refuse. How much is it? 12,500. No, no, no. It's not your seed. Let me shock you. It's not even your fasting. Hear me. Hear me well. I've decided I will be preaching like this. Your fasting does not change God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Make it dry. Mix it with wet. It does not change God. Your fasting positions you in a place to concentrate and concentrate on fellowshipping with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It just makes your flesh subdued so you can pay attention to God. It does not change God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright, it's good. That's digression, but it's good. So, he says, verse 16, that he would grant to you. He would grant to you. So the prayer is that God will give to you, will grant to you, according to the riches of his glory. The word according means in proportion to the riches of his glory. So it's, it will be good to pause a bit and ask. I asked my wife this question yesterday night when I was studying. So I asked her, what is the riches of his glory? So I asked her, what is the riches of his glory? What, what, what do you think is the riches of his glory? Anybody want to try <laughs> you know, in this church, if, if once you say salvation, there's a tendency that you need to be said correct. All right, let's check what the riches of his glory is. Now, two things you need to pay attention to. We cannot interpret the scripture by our minds. So we have to find a scripture that has this phrase. Because scripture has to interpret scripture. You'll find two phrases. You'll find the riches of his glory and the riches of his grace. You six times in the scripture. So if we find the context for which the riches of his glory is used, we can understand what is the riches of his glory. Because if we don't understand what is the riches of his glory, we will not know where that supply is coming from. Is that fine? So let's do, let's, let's do a check. Let's look for the phrase riches of his glory. Let's check Romans chapter 9. So remember, we're, we're looking at what is the riches of his glory. Let's, let's identify that. Romans chapter 9. 
we allow the scripture to speak for itself. Romans 9.22 It says um, What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon the vessels of mercy. Okay? Now, let's uh, let me see something here if, if this will work for me. Now, now pay attention. We, we're going to trace this very gently, so pay, pay very close attention. Alright? Let's read it again. Let's read it again. It says, What if God Although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. That means he's saying, listen, these guys, I, I can destroy them. I want to destroy them. They are, they are vessels of wrath. They, are, they have offended me. But the scripture now says, what if God is willing to endure with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Verse 23 and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even ours, whom he also called not from among Jews only, but also from what? Among the Gentiles. So what, what, what would you think is the riches of his glory here? Let's read. Sorry? Mercy. Okay. How was the mercy of God shown to the vessels of destruction? In Christ. So we can say that the riches of his glory is the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Praise God. Now let's go to Romans 2. Show you something there. Romans 2 4. It says, Or do you think lightly? Of the riches of his kindness. Now, Paul uses the word kindness here as opposed to glory. And, tolerate, uh, and toler tolerance and patience. Not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to what? Repentance. So, the riches of his glory is in context with the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. Because that's what gives us mercy. Praise God. Let's read one more scripture. Um, Colossians 1.27. And see the context there. Colossians 1.27. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. It says, Verse um, 26, that is, no, uh, 27. To whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery? Which is what? Christ, where? In you, what? The hope of glory. How does Christ come to dwell in us? When we get saved. So, in, in the epistles, when we talk about the riches of the glory of Christ, we are talking about the salvation process. 
It's, it's, it made us, let me use this word, it made us spiritually wealthy. That's the riches from which we tap from. That's the riches from which the Christian race works. Now, the, the, the difficulty I'm having to explain this is simply the fact that immediately we see riches, what comes to our mind? Money. So that's a problem. They, they never thought about money when they were talking about this. When, 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 when po- let me put this. It's like saying, listen. Uh, let me explain what that means to you in, in, a, in a way you can understand. It's like saying, there are some people from Boni here, right? And we, we are not from Boni in that sense. We're from outside. Right? It's now like, yeah, this is perfect. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is a perfect example. It's now like the king calls us that are not indigenous. Let the word. Right? And says, you know what? From today, from today, you are now a Bonin indigene and you have the same rights as, you know, somebody had just said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Even the example, the example is bringing joy to your heart. Can you, you, because some of you have just looked at, ah, I will now go and apply for that job. Ah, they won't drive. Do you understand what I mean? That's exactly what happened. Jesus made us part of the family of God. The covenant that was only made with the Jews no longer applied to the Jews. It now applied to every one of us. The same right the Jew had to, to God is the same right you now have. What that means is this. The, the, the fact that the king of this land makes us indigents now means that whatever wealth this land has now belongs to us. You know that is more than money. Let me give you an example. If the king comes and gives all of us 10, 10 million, it's good money. We will be happy. But if, if we have a chance for, us, for him to make us indigenous, which would you prefer? Some of you say 10 million first. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. You know, but you realize that if you become an indigent, that 10 million, you will have it. Your children will have it. You can own a land. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once they say only indigents can apply, you know that, hey, I'm part of it. And that's, listen, listen, that's the revelation Paul wants us to catch. That we're no longer strangers to the covenant. We know it's not like you look at Israel and say holy land. No, your bedroom is also now holy land. Because the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. There are no special rays anymore. It's now one new man in Christ. Whether the Jew or the Gentile, we have the same access by faith to the Father. Glory to God. It's the riches of His glory. The only time the riches of His glory kind of refer to a material thing was in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 when Paul says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's the only time Paul used it in reference to people who partnered with him. Now, Paul also uses the phrase, the riches of his kindness. And I'll show you two scriptures. Ephesians 2.17. Ephesians 2.17. Hallelujah. And he came and preached. Um... One, sorry, Ephesians 1, verse 5. Ephesians 1, verse 5 to 7. He says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. Can you see that word, kind intention of His will? And when we read Romans, it talks about His patience, His endurance. Praise God. Verse 6. To the praise of of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed 
on us in the beloved. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to what? The riches of what? Of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 2, 7. So that in the ages to come, he might show us the surpassing, unsurmountable, extravagant riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So, the riches of his grace, praise God, is the mercy of God. That we are now sons of God. You see, that's, that's something that the church should be excited about. Because you didn't have a covenant with God. We were children of wrath. Meant for destruction. And Jesus came, took our place, paid the price. No longer should you live like you are children of wrath. No longer should you try to get under the law anymore. No longer should you try to, you know, and that's why we've got to be careful with the way believers are being taught right now. Because most times the way believers are being taught right now, they are being taught like we need to get back to the law. I said it many times. Someone prays on a bottle and says it's an anointing oil. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. You won't do that. And then you take the anointing oil and you want to pray. Let's say you want to travel. You take the anointing oil, you put it on the tire. So no evil shall come near me. Touch not me. And then you put the anointing oil back and you, you travel. And you're fine. You feel, I've anointed the car. Or you're going for an interview. Then you take some of the anointing oil, put it in your... The tongue. Just put them on your armpit. Do the sign of the cross. There you go. You're confident. You're anointing oil. Or somebody offended you in the office. Then you go quickly. Put the anointing oil. Draw a circle with the anointing oil. You, you die. <laughs> and then you're fine. Your, your faith is so built up in that bottle. So built up. Because a man called by God prayed on it, and shared many testimonies with you. Say, praise the Lord, this anointing oil, somebody took it, boom, 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 he's now manager of share. Say, wow. This anointing oil, somebody put it, he started walking. Mm, Jesus. And then, that's your faith. Alright. The God that created the whole world says, you know what, you're now my son. I live in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. That that anointing abides in you. That you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see, give me all You see what we're doing with Christians? They don't have faith in the God that lives in them. Praise God. You remember the day I said here, there was a day I said here that we're not going to only dedicate babies, we're going to start dedicating houses. Remember that day? And I said, um, and I said, uh, if you had contracts that have been stalled, uh, they're going to open up and contracts are going to come. Do you remember that day? Yeah. And I prayed for some people here that day. And one of us here, contract that has been stalled, opened up, bam, he's completed his house. We're in his house on Sunday. Okay. Praise God. All right. Uh, built his own house. Uh, did we make so much noise about it? No, because that's going to become normal. Okay. 
I said, that's going to become normal. It's going to just become normal that you have your house. It will just be normal. What I'm trying to say is that we didn't distribute oil, but the work came to pass. Like I'm going to lay hands on you today, and if you're trusting God for a job, a door is going to open. Do you understand that? I know you are not saying I receive, because I did not tell you that this morning, God woke me up at 2.30 a.m. and said, my son, the door of jobs have been opened. Go and lay hands. Your left hand, not your right hand. You know, there's a way I will make that mysterious. And you're like, hmm, I'm ready. It's my turn. You see, <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, to help your faith, this morning, <laughs> well, I have an instruction from the Lord to do that, all right? To pray for people who are trusting God for jobs. When my hands come upon you, the anointing of God will go to work in your life and the door of favor will be open. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go on. What am I trying to say? Let's start valuing spiritual things. Let's not be carried away by every wind of doctrine. And I say this carefully because I know that sometimes teaching this way almost makes you a minority. It almost means like you're not speaking what everybody's speaking because I'm getting a bit concerned about the prayer move that children of God are getting into. And I see the prayer point being raised on those platforms. And man, I'm telling you, it's getting us back to where we came from. It's getting us back to childishness. Because what we are observing now is people praying about fear, about not being hurt, about... Are you following what I'm saying? People just getting afraid. You're just almost like, oh God, oh God, when is my turn? It's almost like all of us are in a queue. And we, you know, God is saying, who is there? Who is there? Who is there? Today is Jane's turn. And then Jane runs to the front and says, hey, thank God, oh, they've called my name, oh, they've called my And it's almost like we're saying in Jamaica, can you just tell God for me? My name starts with T. It's, we're almost presenting Christianity like, you know what, this thing is about... If it's your turn, things will turn. If it's your child, you know, we teach all these things. It looks nice, child of God. But listen to me, we don't have those patterns in the epistles. I dare you, I dare you to open God's word and show me. Don't take me to Ezekiel. Don't take me to Daniel. Don't take me to Jeremiah. Don't take me to Genesis. Open the New Testament and show me the prayers you're praying. If I can find, if the church of the living God prayed those prayers. Open the word of God to me. Don't tell me to go read Ezekiel. Show me even Jesus. Look at the prayer points of Jesus. Look at the prayer points of Paul. Look at the prayer points of the apostles. When they were beaten for preaching the gospel, what did they pray? They didn't pray that the people who beat them for preaching the gospel should be killed. They didn't pray so. They said, Lord, grant us boldness that we might preach the word with signs and wonders following. The whole church prayed. And the scripture says, they were filled with boldness. How many times have you prayed for boldness to preach the gospel? How many times have you prayed for boldness to preach the gospel? And we're raising a whole bunch of believers who are so fearful of what people can do to them. You should be ashamed of yourself, thoroughly ashamed of yourself. If someone can kill you. As I'm here, I said with all boldness, without a prayer point, there is no man on this earth born of a woman that can kill me. Not one, even if I don't pray. You know why? My life is hid with Christ in God. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? I went to As I went to they now gave me food and I ate poison. Okay, so what should we do? Did you read the word that says they shall eat any deadly thing it will not hurt them? Do you know your poison was factored into that place? You know, even if we cook food in this church, there will be some people so afraid not to eat. I don't know where they cook it from. Oh, would you eat? I'll take it home, sir. I just finished eating. Even while you were preaching, I was eating. Fear. Fear. You should be ashamed of yourself. That they can poison you after 10 years of Christianity. Go and join them in this church. They should bring you up from there. Then when you now die and meet God, what will you now say? Hey, hello, welcome to heaven. Why are you here? I died. Oh, really? How did you die? My cousin poisoned me. Oh, wow. So you were poisoned. Wow. That poison must be so good. So the poison killed you? Yes, sir. Wow. Welcome. This is where we keep people who are poisoned. <laughs> are you joking? You are the light of the world. God is counting on you to show the world what it means to be a child of God. Do you realize that they put John, the beloved, in a pot of boiling oil? He did not die. They didn't take him to the island of Patmos for vacation. There was nothing they could do to him again. They couldn't kill pots of boiling oil. I know when you fry to do you, your, your hand, you, you wear COVID-19 compliant in the kitchen. You know, one day my wife was frying something. I didn't know what she was frying, but then there was water in the stuff. So I went near, and then one water splashed and touched me. You know, oil touched me. And if you know me in my life, she now said, do you want to learn how to fry? I said, no. Because, I mean, nothing should cost me pain. Not the food I'm eating. Alright? Now, pots of boiling oil. Think of it. Sister, think of it. When you put your hair under that hair dryer. Did they still do those hair dryer in those days? They still do hair dryer? Ah, you all wear human hair and I'm not sure. I've got, rich, I've got rich people in my church. I'm not sure if they still go to salons. They turn on that thing. Feel that heat. Imagine they now submerge your whole body in pots of boiling oil. The oil dries up. You're still good. Then they now say, you know what? We can't do anything to this person. They carry you and throw you into an island with wild animals. Hmm? Hmm? So the true John into the island of Patmos. Banished him. If you watch all those films like Spartacus and all of those, Troy and all those, you know what those kings do. They banish you to an island. The man lands in the island. Jesus appears to him and says, Okay, start writing, boy. Revelation chapter 1. The man writes 22 chapters of the Bible in the island of Patmos. You're wondering what were the animals doing while he was writing. People had walk with God. The scripture says, And Enoch walked with God and was not. The man communed with God, communed with God, communed with God, communed with God, until a point the man just went into God. He didn't pass through death. Riches of his glory. Daniel, Chedrach, Meshach, and Abednego got into, and he said, We will not bow. Threw them into the fire. The king said, I see one like the Son of God. God showed up in the fire with them. The guys did not do, there was no long prayer. King, we're not bowing. Even if God does not deliver us, it's fine. Get us into the fire. 
people who were fearless. They enter the fire. Fire rages, brings them out. Child of God, that's the Christianity we have in this scripture. I'm just showing you. Hmm? Paul goes to the Isle of Mortar, gathering sticks, and a poisonous, venomous serpent bites him in his body. No prayer, nothing. No anointing oil, no white handkerchief, no coconut oil. No, if prayer does not work, try praise. He didn't put sticker, he didn't put his pastor's picture there. He didn't wear charm with his pastor's face. He didn't say the God of this commission. The man shook it into the fire, started gathering sticks. The guys, the guys, like, they were waiting for him to die. That's right. That is the same heaven you are going to. Let me tell you. I mean, just go to heaven. <laughs> Where am I playing? You know, just go to heaven. I now sit down with Paul. It's like, Paul, see, man, things were bad, bad in Borneo. Did you stay in Borneo before? It's like, no, I didn't stay in Borneo. Man, malaria, malaria, malaria. Ah! Even the pharmacist in Borneo knew that there is no cure. And Paul was like, malaria. And so what was happening? Do you know Paul, when he say aprons, let me say this, right? Aprons for Paul, from Paul's body was healing the sick. It wasn't that Paul was praying for handkerchiefs. Go and read, read the history and study your Bible well. In those days, they used to walk with, you know, they had all these rags they used to put around them. All right? And then Paul was walking normally. And people took those sweat rags and put them on the sick. Sickness disappeared. Peter would just be walking. And people would know that, hey, Peter is going to pass through Finima Road. So what? Really, Pastor Finima wrote? Wow. They brought the sick people and when his shadow touched them, they got healed. And you realize something? They didn't make noise about it. They were, no, no. Special Peter. Peter stormed Judea. Shadow we heal. Bring the sick. No. All this noise we're making is still about us. It's not here still about him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Since his shadow I want to challenge you. You see this Christianity you're practicing that you are sick always. It's not good. I know you know a lot. You can research on Google. You even have a personal doctor. You are proud of it. You have the greatest physician living on the inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes this can be challenging. You have the greatest physician living on the inside of you. See, saints of God, I, I dare you, pick up the Bible again and dare to believe what it says. Pick up the Bible again and dare to read it. Spend your life in this word and order your life aright according to God's word. The riches of his glory that we are the sons of God. We, we're not afraid. We're the sons of God. We're children of God. It dictates our perception about life. It dictates our values. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me finish this prayer. Let's go quickly now. Verse 16, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, to be strengthened with power, dunamis, through his spirit in the inner man. Now, I want to say this very quickly. The word strengthened is, is the Greek word means to become strong. To become strong. Like when it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might or in the strength of his power. Um, Ephesians 16. Or the same Greek word that says, I can do all things through Christ, that strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. 
Or Colossians 1.11, it says, May you be strengthened with all power. Let's read Colossians 1.11. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance. And, 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 and the word endurance is steadfastness. And patience joyously. Be strengthened with might. The Bible says that if you're, if you're you know, sometimes our spirit is weak. You see, when you cannot overcome temptation, it's a product of a weak spirit. Your spirit is not strengthened where that, where, that, where that is. You've got to be strengthened with all power according to the glorious might. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience and joyously. Your spirit is strengthened. You're not easily broken. Now, you, I, I don't know if I've taught it here, but I've said the, 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 the man is made up of spirit, soul, and what? And body. Most times we are so ruled what, where the soul is the seat of emotions. Okay? Um, emotions, your will, your intellect. The child of God ought to live from his spirits, not his soul, not even his body. That's why Paul says, I make my body my slave. Your spirit ought to control your body. That's why um, when Jesus said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, he still went ahead to pray. With the weak flesh, he went ahead to pray. If we say the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, what do you think we'll do? We'll just stretch out, arrange the pillows. Say, God, you are seeing my heart too. <laughs> you know, so we allow our body to dominate us. Or we allow our mind to dominate us. So, so thoughts come into our head. Thoughts of failure. Thoughts of low self-esteem. Thoughts of all kinds of stuff. Thoughts of fear. You know, I fly a lot when I go preach. Most times I fly. I used to be terribly afraid of, and this can work all the time. You know, by the way, I mean, I was talking to some people and, and they don't know I've changed. It's, most of you know I used to be afraid of dogs, right? Okay, but that's no more. I, I, I now look after dogs. Okay, that's changed. You can change anything in your life. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. I used to be afraid of flying. I used to be afraid of heights. I never climbed stuff. First two flights, I flew in. I prayed in tongues all through. First flight was six hours. Six hours. Nigeria to South Africa. I shall not die, but leave. Six hours praying in tongues. Second time, I flew to Belgium. It was maybe seven hours thereabouts. Flew to Amsterdam. Prayed in tongues all through. And I said, this prayer time is unnecessary. So I sat down with the word. Sat down with the word. Sat down with the word. Built up my spirit. And now, doesn't matter what happens. No fear. In fact, I think I was going to Abuja to do a meeting and then we had this turbulence in the air and the girl close to me was afraid. So I said, oh, you, it seems you're afraid. He said, yes. I said, well, just think, think like we're in a bouncing castle. He said, I can't think like that. I said, it had come out of my mind if I realized that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but you see, you've got to live from your spirit. Why are you afraid that you have a bad marriage? You're living from your mind. Live from your experience. What does your spirit say? Why are you easily discouraged? And it's not, hmm, I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm depressed. Spirit is weak. Look at it. Steadfast. Paul says, listen. Be strengthened with might in your inner man. Have a strong spirit. Scripture says the spirit of a man will sustain him in the day of infirmity. Have a strong spirit. Strong spirit is not strong will. Most people have strong will, but not strong what? Spirit. Your will can be broken. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this, this strengthen with might in the inner man, it produces a strength that has patience with it. I, I, um, I was in, I think we went for a, con- we went for a meeting in a, country, in a country where Christianity is not so allowed. And uh, the speaker that came to speak to us had four of his teeth pulled out. And he was sharing with us how his teeth came out. They were arrested in this prison and they weren't allowed to preach. They weren't allowed. They were arrested for Christianity. And they came every single day and pulled, um, every, every week, every two weeks or three weeks, they came and pulled their teeth with pyre. No anesthesia, nothing. They just pulled it. And they said, renounce the Lord. He didn't. And every time the man did that, when the man was living, he says, I love you because Jesus loves you. They did it four months consecutively. If I had left it for like three weeks so that the place would heal, then they do it again. At the fourth time, the guy who was doing it to him said, you know what? Your love breaks my heart. That nobody can do this to me and I will still love them. It means that there's something about this, your religion. The guy got converted. For his broom they took from you, broom. You used to keep your broom here. Then somebody took it. You have cost everybody in the copper. My broom that I kept here, Holy Ghost fire. You need to be strengthened with might in your inner man. Some of us are not patient at all. You applied for a job, you didn't get it, you stopped coming to church. You did it. You know, it, it, your inner man is weak. So you need to pray this prayer. Look at what is going through, uh, our brother is going through right now in, in, in Sokoto. You know, some people say, oh, let them come home. Is it by force to stay in Sokoto? And I was explaining, you know, I reached out to a couple of my pastors yesterday just to find out how they're doing. And I said, listen to me, for some of them, they were born there. That's their home. They don't have any home. But you know, today, some will still go up and go and serve God. Strengthened with might in the inner man. Little tribulation. Job's wife, you'll see voluntary form of widows. I want to be a widow. Cause God and die. Hmm? That's why all this thing of giving God time. Eh? Lord, by this time next year, if I will not marry, show yourself as God. What are you saying? Eh? My neighbors are laughing. They are laughing at me. Laugh too. Since your company is a compound of laughter. Throw it away. You see, don't be praying all those. I know you were taught that way. Throw it away. It's a scriptural way to pray. You see, whenever there's competition in your heart and all of that, your prayers will be hindered. You see, nothing in this material world is your problem. If you would focus on Christ, the marriage will show up. If you would focus on Christ, the baby will show up. If you would focus on Christ, the phones will come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. For your heavenly Father, Father knows what you need. God is, anytime you see God passing, hold him tight. Don't let God pass. Pass me not so gentle, Savior. Yeah, my humble Christ. And God is saying, I'm not passing by you. I live in you. Where am I going to? Are you driving me? Don't give God quick notice by your prayer. He lives in you. He dwells in you. You carry the Holy One on the inside of you. You are God's tabernacle. You are God's dwelling place. He doesn't want to live in temple made with hands anymore. He sent Jesus. 
Jesus so you can be the house of God. I'll teach you, but that's what John 14 means. In my father's house, there are many mansions. The word mansions is the word moner. It means abode. It means dwelling places. In my father's house, there are many mansions. It means in the family of God, there are many places God lives in. Okay. I know you are waiting for one flat in heaven because a Jew told you that God, God revealed to me they are still constructing your mansion. How will God reward you spirits with a physical house? I will do, I'm going to teach John 14. I've decided I'm going to teach it. Teach John 14 shortly. Eh? So as you are here now, I go, welcome to heaven. John, come. Welcome to heaven. This is your key. You are in <laughs> Lokoja, <laughs> room 6. But you were very wicked to your pastor, so you are in the boys' quarter. Look, I come. Go and sit down. I come. Welcome. Say, hey, you're a good man. You stay in upstairs. And then you, because you like your wife very much, and I say, Jesus, what about madam? <laughs> Go and sit down. All right, so. <laughs> okay, verse 16. Somebody say, but pastor, isn't God going to give us crowns? Paul says, you are my crown. See, depending on the number of souls you win, that's the number of crowns God will give to you. Okay, Bishop, when the ball wins about a hundred souls every week, which head will you wear them on? He said, Bishop, put your head down. Say, ah, no more crowns are coming. No. Say, God, it's okay. Say, no, you want souls. Go and go carry Bible and read. Eh? So we just have things thrown around, things taught vaguely. And for years, people are just rolling with those truths. Not truths, actually, myths. Because they won't take time to study God's word. Praise God. Let's be strengthened with might in the inner man. I've said all of these statements to push you to study. Go back and read the scripture. And study it again. But we're going to look at John 14. We're going to spend time to teach it verse by verse. Let's finish this up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Are you enjoying this Sunday? Is it a good one? Alright, let's read. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that, what's the purpose of that strength? What's the purpose of that strength? I have told you when you are reading the scripture, pay attention to words like, however, therefore, for this reason, so that, in accordance with, all of those words are link words. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able... That's another key word. It says, if you're grounded in this love, you may be able to comprehend. What does the word comprehend mean? Come on, talk to me. What does the word comprehend mean? Can you see again, it's a prayer for knowledge? That you may be able to comprehend. What is the breadth? What is the length and the height and the depth of what? And to know... Genosco, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. This is why you need the prayer. How can you know something that surpasses knowledge? Do you understand? It's like I'm saying, you have to know this subject that surpasses knowledge. It means that this knowledge is not just what? Head knowledge. It has to be from your spirit. And you know this, listen. When you know the love of Christ, you will be confident in your prayers. When you know the love of Christ, 
You will not have low self-esteem. You know people say, you know, I just have low self-esteem. You have to know the love of Christ. That if you were the only one, Christ would have died for you. You, know, you need to know that your worth is not in your education. Your worth is not in your body look. You see, let me tell you, all of us, there is something in our body we don't like. Some people don't like their nose. Some people don't like their ear. Some people don't like their eye. I mean, everybody somewhere, they would have told them, if I was God, this my ear would have been standing small. Our family ear is too flat. Go to the cross. See yourself in Christ. In Christ, you are complete. In Christ, you are perfect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That revelation should build your self-esteem. Are you following this now? Then it now says, now to him. Okay, no. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Can you see the goal? The goal is that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to word. I want to know that. According to word. The power. What power? That works within us. Do you know this power that works within you? It's the same power you've just prayed for. That you'll be strengthened with might. Whatever God is going to do. Is going to do according to that power that's already at work in you. That's why the greater the revelation of God in your spirit. The more God is able to do for you. God is not just going to randomly do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask God. No, 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 no. A thousand times, no. He's doing it in accordance, in accordance, sorry, in proportion to the power that works within us. That means that there is a power at work within you already. You've got to recognize it. You've got to recognize it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to recognize that power is in you. And I've been so conscious of that power. It, I mean, I can count the number of times off my finger that I've been sick. And I travel. I go to all kinds of places. But I recognize that there's a power at work in me. The scripture says, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it'll kick in your mortal body. Be conscious of that power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be conscious that you carry God. Don't expect people not to like you. Don't expect failure. Don't expect accidents. That's why sometimes I tell people, when you are traveling, be careful of the people that pray for you. You know, you will just be traveling and thinking of what you will do when you get there. Huh? You are just thinking, oh, when I get there, this is what I will do, this is what will happen. And someone just goes, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let us pray, let us pray, let us pray. Father, any blood-sucking demons? Ah, your mind, ah, that's true. Between here and there, there are blood-sucking demons. Which blood that is okay? Haven't you read in John chapter 1? That as many as received them, he gave power to become the sons of God. Not of will, not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. How will demons suck your blood? Stop watching all those channels. What you are looking for, you will find. Though. I'm telling you, those of you who are constantly feeding, and you know, you know the ones I'm talking about. Those of you who are constantly feeding on those channels, what you are looking for, you will find. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If you keep feeding on those things, your life will go down. That's the truth. It's not a curse. Your life will go down because your life will represent the things you are watching. People will chase you left, right, and center. You will start building a house. It will come down. I'm telling you. Because that's what, you are, that's what you're watching. That's what you're feeding yourself on. How can I build a house? And he say, hey, anybody that starts a house in my village, he will die before he completes it. Are they joking? And we won't pray. You know, some things are not even to be prayed about. 
Ah, you don't know my family. My family people are strong. Stronger than Jesus. Go and worship them. You know, sometimes we talk about the devil as if we made a mistake worshipping God. We, we, we talk about forces of darkness. Like, they are so powerful. I have a very big star. Uh, but uh, one person now told me that they are covering my star. Uh, so, my star, so do you think we shine stars here? So we polish star. The dark star, all those of you have dark star, come here. Your star is not shining. Go back, you come. Lazy people everywhere. You're victorious in Christ. I said you're victorious in Christ. You die when you want to die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you want to die, you will just die. You will be found in an accident. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your steps are ordered of the Lord. The vehicle that will have an accident, you will not be found in it. And if you are in that vehicle, you bring preservation to it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are preserved. Your children are preserved. No evil report will come near you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's stand on our feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. I want to pray for three categories of people very quickly. If you're sick, you need healing in your body, any kind of sickness, you come here and lay my hands on you. When my hands come upon you, the healing anointing will come upon you. It will affect the healing and the cure in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.